0: And that's where my kind of mission began really to help women embrace their female physiology as part of this, but to understand that, you know, as Dr. Stacy Sims says, we are not small men and to try and do things differently and help women have it all really, have the high performance and the healthy lifestyle and the family.
1: Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm going to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy, and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. I know from personal experience how easy it is to blame my hormones, and my body for that matter, when I am feeling sluggish, migrainy, foggy, and irritated. Basically, when I'm not firing on all cylinders like I expect to, when I am trying to handle my business. And I know that you know that hormones are powerful messengers running the show behind the scenes 24/7, and they are the first ones to let you know what's going on by throwing up the white flag when things hit the fan. And that's why you may be experiencing that sluggish feeling when you wake up in the morning. Maybe you feel triggered when you have too much going on in your day, foggy at the end of the day. Basically you're trying to recall that word and it just poof disappears. Or maybe you're feeling wired and tired when you're trying to go to sleep at night because you know you need a lot of sleep. don't even get me started on the killer cravings and the little to no sex drive and the bloating after a meal, right? All of these are some of the most common symptoms women experience when hormones are crying for help. But I want you to know that there's something deeper causing your hormones to be deregulated despite their best efforts to work normally. Because let me tell you, your hormones are trying their very best to stay in balance as long as they possibly can. So more often than not, it's inflammation and the root causes that create inflammation in the body. And here's the simple truth when it comes to healing our hormones and healing our bodies. There are foundational lifestyle habits that we can make, literally starting today, Like right now, that will not only help to balance our hormones, but also allow us to operate from a place of optimal high performance, right? Because that's kind of how we're operating already. We just need our bodies to catch up with us. So how do you start to reset your hormones and reduce inflammation, right? That's the million-dollar question. Well, the best way to get our hormones back on track, reduce that inflammation, and feel like yourself again, especially feel energized when you wake up in the morning, is to correct hormonal imbalances by fueling your body with gut and liver loving foods. I cannot say this enough. Loving your gut, protecting your liver is everything. Supplementing with high quality nutrients to saturate your cells so that they can function 24-7 and indulging in nature, sunlight, and breath, moving and training your body along with training your mindset, and last but not least, rock deep, restful, restorative sleep. And luckily, when it comes to all of those big lifestyle shifts and changes, that, again, we can implement pretty quickly We have the ability to track a lot of these with wearable technology. So you can get real time feedback on what is going on with your body. Now, if you want to learn a little bit about my five favorite wearable technology devices to biohack your hormones and your body, definitely check out episode 352 my top five biohacking devices to up level your health. Now, specifically, what we eat and the lifestyle habits we are leveraging. These are what's going to help to regulate the immune system, balance the hormones, and reverse really any lifestyle-driven chronic disease. And that is how we heal the body. So these are the tools and the strategies that I personally use to get my autoimmune condition, my hajimoto's thyroiditis condition into remission back in 2018. And I have kept it in remission ever since that time, which let me tell you, a lot has happened since 2018. And being able to leverage these tools and strategies has been a game change. Because as you and I both know, there is no fully reversing or getting rid of an autoimmune condition. You can put it into remission, but you're not able to fully ever get rid of it once you have it. At least we don't know that 100% just yet. And so I want you to know that I'm not the only person who has done this, right? Every day I hear from amazing women about their healing journeys after trying my 14-day detox program, which is the bee's knees, or following protocols from my books because I go through so many of these types of lifestyle strategies in my last two books. And so if you want to get a sense when we're talking about food and we're talking about like how to quell that information, if you want to see the types of foods and the recipes that really move the needle for you, One of the things I want to make sure to offer and gift today in this episode is my liver loving superfoods guides with recipes so that you have a starting place with the recipes not only to love up on your liver, but guess what? They also help to love up on your gut. And there's going to be smoothies in this recipe book, tonics, even water infusions, so that you will be feeling more nourished and energized. So where you're going to find this gift is going to be in the show notes for this episode. I'll tell you what, I love my liver guide with recipes because these are life-loving, life-giving foods inside of this guide. Now, because... I think it's so important to hear other women's stories and victories when it comes to overcoming some major health challenges. I wanted to invite hormone expert and really high-performance expert, Angela Foster, to come on and share her incredible healing journey and how she did it with three very young children at the same time. Let me tell you, I am so in awe of how she was able to take herself from the bottom of the bottom of a lot of chronic issues to thriving today with three small children. Any mama knows that is no easy feat. And she digs into the details today in this episode. So let's jump into this amazing conversation with Angela. But before I bring her on, I want to quickly sing her praises. Angela Foster is a nutritionist, health and performance coach, and the host of the top rated podcast, High Performance Health. As a former partner in a large law firm, Angela is no stranger to the demands of long working hours in a high-pressure environment. She left the world of corporate law after a serious illness in 2014 and used integrative health practices and biohacking to rebuild her physical and mental health. Through her coaching programs and online membership, the Female Biohacker Collective, Angela's mission is to educate and inspire you to become the CEO of your health, Woohoo, and live a vibrant, healthy, and limitless life. Ooh, it sounds like she is on my wavelength. Let's welcome Angela to the show. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through this super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my Essentially Whole Magnesium Restore supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code PODCAST and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now, I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast. Angela, honey, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing so well, Marisa. How are you? It's lovely to be here.
1: Oh, I am doing wonderful. And I'm excited because we're going to be talking about an area of women's health that I don't talk a lot about, which is more about like high performance health. You know, it's kind of optimizing health. Because we talk a lot about hormones on the show, we talk a lot about uh, metabolic health on the show, but like how women can really up level their health in a really incredible way is what. I'm super stoked to talk about. But before we get into all of the the nuts and bolts of everything that you are offering, I would love for you to just share a little bit about your journey and kind of what was the impetus for you or that defining moment for you where you're like, this is the direction I want to go. This is how I want to serve people in the world, women in the world.
0: Yeah, I'd love to share that. Thank you. Well, I was practicing as a lawyer for many years as a corporate lawyer in London and literally just kind of gunning it and pretty much having to behave like a man, right? I think that was the common thing in corporate law in London to get ahead and just sacrificing sleep, just completely ignored all my hormones until I found out I was diagnosed with insulin resistance and PCOS in my late 20s. And then I kind of had surgery, got that fixed made partnership I was eight months pregnant with my first child and just kept kind of going at it until eventually I hit burnout and I suffered really badly with postnatal depression with my first child and then it got worse with my second and my third child and by the time I had my third I was just kind of so sort of suicidal in my thoughts and my outlook and I was really burnt out from pulling off so many all-nighters and long weekends of work and I ended up winding up in hospital, which was with what was suspected lung cancer at the time, but it turned out to be double pneumonia, both viral and bacterial in both lungs. And I was neutropenic. I, it was this crazy situation where, you know, I'd been trying to run away from myself for so long. And then here I was in hospital with just myself. And I think that sometimes, I know Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this, when you can have really high fevers, it gives way to a kind of lucidity. And while I'd sort of, after having the PCOS and endometriosis, I'd begun looking more at my nutrition and my fitness hadn't really tackled my spiritual health. And it was just a really defining moment in my life for me because I realized like, what what the hell am i doing like i've got these three young children here i am kind of battling for my life with really bad pneumonia And this is almost what I've been wishing for and attracting. But these these guys need their mum. I want to see them grow up. And it was just a really, really pivotal moment. And the crazy thing is when I made that decision that I just wanted to get really, really well and get back on track, my blood work started to change. And, you know, my white blood cell came back up. And I think it's that whole mind-body connection. And when I came out, it was quite a journey of recovery. But I just decided I want to get really, really healthy in mind, body, and spirit And then it became a bit more of a mission around, well, I've kind of had high performance on its own, then I've left law and now I've got really healthy, but how can you combine the two? And that's when I realized that, you know, optimizing your health is really the foundation of sustained high performance. And that's where my kind of mission began really to help women embrace their female physiology as part of this, but to understand that, you know, as Dr. Stacey Sims says, we are not small men and to try and do things differently and help Help women have it all—really, have the high performance and the healthy lifestyle and the family.
1: Hmm, I want to dissect this a little bit because I am a mom to a brand new little boy. He's 16 months old, oh. and I'm not going to lie, girl. There ain't no high performance happening in this house. Let me tell you, Um, as a CEO of this company and being like the best kind of mama I could be, like things like I got I got 15 minutes in today before I had this interview with you. And so I would love to dissect, you know, endometriosis, autoimmune condition, right? PCOS, insulin resistance. We talk a lot about these things on the show. Talk to me a little bit about that journey of recovery, of ju- kind of juggling the three kids. Probably, what were they under? Under five? Under ten?
0: Yeah, I had three, four, and under. Yeah, So yeah, th-
1: yeah. And and what that recovery kind of looked like. I want to just unpeel the layer a little bit because I know a lot of women are listening right now and they're thinking, "Oh my God, that's I, I'm literally where she's at right now." And I've got young kids, or I've got I've got teenagers, and I've got a full time job, and I'm feeling like poop, basically. Um, and I, we go in this, you know, in this show, we really dissect these types of things out because I, I know a lot of us, we want to know like, what was the nitty gritty how?
0: Yeah. How, as in, how did I get back on track? Yeah. I mean, yeah, as you say, it was a journey, right? So the kids were really young. They still weren't sleeping. And it, I yeah. started to, the first thing I did was enlist with a functional medicine doctor to try okay. and help me get them track. I'd, I'd lost a ton of weight by this point. A lot of it's like bacteria, right? All those antibiotics intravenously and things had affected my gut health. Mm -hmm. And I'd really had those kids close together because that was the advice from my gynecologist because he said, you know, the endometriosis is going to regrow. We've cut it all out, lasered it. They drilled my ovaries, burnt off all the cysts from the PCOS drilled the ovaries to help me ovulate naturally, but I was unprepared for the kind of toll it was gonna take on my body. And then I had pelvic disproportion, so it was three C-sections, three reflux babies. You know, it was just crazy and I felt overwhelmed. And I think the first thing I found, and in many respects, this is what got me started on the journey, but it also felt frustrating at the time, was I found the book, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've gotta do this, I've gotta put some of these practices in place. But at first, it was hopeless, right? When you've got three young children and you try and get up at 5 a.m. and they've been keeping you up to three, it's like never gonna happen. <laughs> and, then, and they get so. up at
1: 5 p- a.m., you know, or yeah, 6 a.m., exactly. like whatever, whatever
0: time exactly. it is. <laughs> Because if you've got a baby that's keeping you up in the middle of the night, then yeah, the four-year-old's up at five anyway. And you're just like, oh my God, I They're can't sleep. They're all on different remember, time loans. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I remember falling, you know, like getting to a traffic light and falling asleep at the steering wheel, like driving. It was just crazy. But mm-hmm. um, I feel that. So I tried. You've done
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just in it right now, girl. You know what I'm saying? You're like it. It, was, so it was It was a long night. And so I was just, I, you know, and I, I, I know from a functional standpoint, kind of, And, and having like one of the things I always tell women is like even five minutes, even 10 minutes, just your own time before you get into the rigmarole of your work or whatever it is can make such a massive difference. But in the recovery, and I totally get why you're, why you're OBGYN, you know, did you know that pregnancy back in the day was the only recommendation for endometriosis
0: yeah I did and you know, and you know was yeah and you know what's really interesting is when I fell pregnant with my third child I had endometrial cysts coming back they could mm-hmm. see yep. and so I remember sitting here sitting there with him saying I really want to have a third child but I can see that and he said you've got endometriosis but he just had a shoulder operation and so he was like you need to come back in 2 months because I can't operate now and he was like but you know what pregnancy is such a great cure why don't you just have a go anyway and as I was sitting there I'm without me so knowing I outraged. was pregnant. I oh, was oh pregnant.
1: <laughs> I'm just so outraged <laughs> so for no you idea. right
0: now because I that is just
1: <sighs> uh, I mean, yes, pregnancy can support I don't know. There's so much to unpack there. You know, that mm. you know, in terms of how we how we support women with endometriosis. That answer of like, oh, just have a go at it, get pregnant so you could just keep this at bay. There's so many wrong things. How many things times about are you gonna that. do that? Though? I know. <laughs> So exactly. I'm just so uh oh, ah but lo and behold, you were pregnant with your third anyway. So it just happened to be that that was the case. That happened, um, which like, did at correct point, the endometriosis.
0: Yeah. At the moment <laughs> for in, entirely or just for that time? Well, no, interestingly, so it put it back, but then afterwards yeah. I would say it's all the healthy habits since that have kept it at bay. Right. So it never actually then made such a resurgence afterwards. So in between those pregnancies, it did. And that third pregnancy, that, that moment, you know, when my daughter was two and I was hospitalized and I realized I've got to get really, really healthy is the point at which I changed my life. And and since then, the endometriosis has pretty much been at bay. Mm. The PCOS has been, I mean, I don't think you can cure PCOS, can, right? And you, you can't effectively, cure endo either. No. I think that I would say it's still a work in progress, right? As someone with PCOS, even when I hit menopause, I'm still going to have to work on managing my blood sugar. I know that, you know, if you put a CGM on me and I have a glass of celery juice or some carrot juice, it's going to go up. Oh, I love it. You're wearing one. Uh, Yeah, always. Always. All the Always. time,
1: I, because it's so important to be able to look. It's your our metabolic health, which I know we're going to probably get into a little bit. Is such a major indicator to all the women struggling with PCOS and endometriosis. Sending you so much love because these these are particular syndromes and autoimmune conditions that we, we will have to live with, but. We can get into remission to some level. Like because. I have hajimoto's thyroiditis. It's in remission. How I've been able to maintain the remission after having a baby is, you know, I've worked really, really hard for that. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's so much that goes into that on a day-to-day basis, including managing your blood sugar. And I do want to speak into the fact that I know that there are women out there who are like, I've been trying to manage my PCOS. I've been trying to manage my endo for so long. Um, I know that we're going to get into some of the things that you're doing, but that every journey is a little bit... A little bit different and that if you mm-hmm. haven't gotten it into remission, no worries. like I don't want you to feel like I'm you're failing because you haven't. Every woman's journey is a different journey. and what we're going to be talking about today is going to move us closer to getting back to that equilibrium.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think with endometriosis, it's particularly difficult because even like the medical community don't fully understand it, and whether it begins even in the womb, it's so complex, isn't so it? Complex. And I think we yeah, fail so miserably complex. with endometriosis
1: because <laughs> we just yeah, don't know. Hard. We don't. It's not even designated as an autoimmune condition yet because we just no. won't do it. And you know, a lot of it, almost so much of it, has to do with our gut health. Like, as you mentioned, you had, your gut health had been kind of
0: obliterated a little bit, you know, from all the antibiotics. Had been, absolutely. And in the lead up to, that's the thing, pneumonia was like the final piece. I'd had pleurisy, I'd had bronchitis, I'd had, you know, repeated chest infections because I was burning out as, as a lawyer, just pushing, pushing, pushing. And I think that did make a huge difference. And I think, you know, the crazy thing for anyone listening to this is sometimes these things just, they build slowly, as you know, and so you don't even realize what a normal period looks like until I had surgery and I was like what like it's so clean you mean I don't have to have like three inch clots that that come out of me like it's just clear bright red blood like normal now so yeah it looked so different afterwards but the Mm. thing is as a teenager it was all kind of building up growing and you know had my diet been different as a child I think there could have been a different outcome sure when I look at my genetics I'm very carb sensitive I'm sensitive to fats as well my dad actually was misdiagnosed with a heart disease, a heart complaint. And so we were put on a kind of low fat diet, which means mm-hmm. obviously higher naturally, higher carbon, higher sugar, which was just awful. He ended up yeah. type two diabetic and I ended up with really bad PCOS. So yeah. And I think- a lot of this has happens with
1: young girls in puberty is really where this happens, where we, we misdiagnose PCOS. We completely ignore endometriosis. Oftentimes the signs are in our teens and we just mm-hmm. write off girls. We completely gaslight them and tell them, that, what their experience is completely normal, you're meant to have painful cramps. Oh, it's just, you know, it's just puberty. It's just a hot mess anyway. And just kind of like what was happening with you. I think this is a great moment of, you know, what we can do for our granddaughters and our daughters and our nieces of like how we can be having these conversations so much earlier so that it's not in their teens and their twenties that they they don't know nutritionally or health-wise, self-care-wise that ends up building up some of these issues that we
0: see Mm. so so much so and i think you know i was prescribed the the birth control pill which is awful it was like don't worry about it until you want to have a baby we'll just put you on the pill and i remember when i interviewed dr sarah sarah hill on my show you know who wrote your brain on birth control Mm -hmm. i realized then and looking at her research that actually that predisposed me to postnatal depression And sure enough, I ended up with it. And I just think, yeah, if we could change the conversation and change the way it's approached with young girls, it would be such a different situation for the next generation. Hmm. Well,
1: and and here you are, right? I want to celebrate you through your Thank teens, you. being misdiagnosed, not seeing it. And your poor dad, you know, type two diabetes because of a a diet that we just got wrong, right? Mm-hmm. On with cardiovascular disease, and then three kids later, all through the endometriosis journey, and you come out on the other side. Can you share kind of, you know, working with a functional doctor, clearly there was a lot of things that they were doing, but what did you feel was the biggest needle mover for you besides the journal or the, um, gosh, oh my God,
0: um... Besides what the kind of the moment when I decided like no, the, I decided,
1: oh the f- the miracle morning <laughs> the miracle morning my yeah, brain yeah, is <laughs> way <laughs> that's me not getting sleep that's last night that's post baby that's post baby brain <laughs> I was like the it's right morning. there besides yeah. the miracle morning which is so clear for managing and helping to deregulate the a deregulated stress response system right hmm. setting the t- tone of your day having Definitely. your moment Besides that piece that that felt like, kind of like, oh, that was mine to claim for my own sanity. What was that defining? Like that
0: the, was it nutrition? Was it supplementation? I would say it was like, it was the unity of the mind, body, spirit optimization. I just don't think you can like separate them almost. So Mm -hmm. the spiritual side for me, I had like not really, really engaged much with that. And I think Just first of all, like very quickly, you know, when we talk about the miracle morning, like if people are trying to put this in place with a young baby, Hal Elrod makes it really clear. And this was the perfectionism in me wanted to do the full hour. I then realized that that wasn't going to happen with three young children. And he makes it clear, just do six minutes, right? One minute of each. And I think we have to step away from that. And as an ex-law, I'm definitely a recovering perfectionist, but I would say to anyone listening, this is a big journey, right? This is over 10 years. My daughter's now 10. So it's like, Small steps lead to big changes over time, but be patient. Be patient and that's with your yourself, youngest please. daughter,
1: your youngest, my youngest. daughter's ten. Yeah, oh wow!
0: Exactly. Look at you, gorgeous. So,
1: oh, <laughs> thank your, you. How old your oldest?
0: My eldest, <laughs> my, <laughs> <oldest>. my, <laughs> <oldest>. my, <laughs> my boys are thirteen and fourteen. Oh my goodness! Oh wow! Cool. bigger you than me. We're knocking them out. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> <knocking> <laughs> <out>. <laughs> um, So that. So going back to what I was saying, yeah. So um, the spiritual side definitely, like having those moments, as you say, right. So meditation was a big piece really, really nourishing my body and deciding I was going to focus on nutrient-dense food. Strength training was really good, like lessening off the hit, the running, everything that I had been doing as a lawyer. This just type A personality of, you know, got to be bigger, better, faster, stronger, and just dialing things back. Yeah, efficient, exactly. (laughs) Realizing that I have a menstrual cycle now, and actually it was coming back, hooray, and I could actually start to optimize around my cycle and really take account of things. And, you know, reluctantly engage in things like yoga. And I say reluctantly, not just, not because I don't enjoy it. I do. But because I was that person that if you took me to a yoga class, I needed to go for a run afterwards. You know, yeah, it wasn't your and biggest so bang for your buck. <laughs>
1: exactly. That's how you saw it. You're like, exactly. I'm not getting enough out of this. I- <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I feel That's you, girl. exactly how I saw it. So I had to kind of reassess and like come at things from a different place and be a lot more patient with myself. And you know, nourish my gut, get it back on track. Adaptogens were a godsend, right? I just think I remember taking uh, Adapt line, which is a combination of different adaptogens with B vitamins, and just mm-hmm. that that thing really, really reignited my energy. But recognizing I had to rest, and you do as a baby. I remember when in the UK here we have health visitors; they come around when you have a baby, they and they do? come around to see. You. They do <laughs> come to what? the house. Do you not have anyone around.
1: <laughs> they come and visit you to check on you. To make sure yeah. you're all right. That's to make, make sure you're
0: okay. Yeah. And how 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 for how long do they do that? They do that for about eight weeks. Eight weeks. About okay. eight weeks. Yeah. And they come and they sort of check on you. And I remember them saying to me, "Now remember to have a nap in the day. If the baby's napping, you need to be napping." And I was like, "What the hell? Don't be crazy! You know, I've got like little ones, and I'm trying to wean that them and." pureeing foods. But that was the downside, to be honest. That's what I had to relearn, was to give in and just accept that I couldn't be perfect all the time and that things were going to go crazy in the house. It was going to look untidy, you know, for a bit. And I think that's why I say, be kind to yourself be patient. It's important.
1: Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Well, I want to get into, I want to unpack a couple things as well. Cause I, you know, I, I think that as we're, as we're unpacking your story, there are so many women that are absolutely relating to it. And I wanted to get into the nitty gritty because I know sometimes, Sometimes it gets so easy to kind of get to, well, here's a solution. But like a lot of it, you know, it's like, well, how? How do I even implement that? Like, how do I even do that? And so I so appreciate your vulnerability and your authenticity and willing to share because that just gives us a little bit of a clearer picture of like, okay, okay, that's what this looks like, you know, cause there yeah. are women who are like pureeing food as we are talking, right. Or driving their kids mm-hmm. to whatever, whatever, or, you know, mm-hmm. like trying to carve out, I'm always listening to podcast. You know, when I listen to podcasts is when I'm walking my son, you know, to and from the beach or I'm unloading the dishwasher or I, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, getting, exactly getting when I, I fit in.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do the same. But you know what I call it? Stack your hacks. I think that's actually a really positive thing, right? So let's, let's if you've got talk about hacks, that. just put them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about stacking your hacks a little bit. Yeah. So I think it's accepting. It's not It's not the same as multitasking, right? Because mm-hmm. multitasking takes your mind in different directions. You can't concentrate on any one thing. But if you're doing something that's administrative, like loading the dishwasher, pureeing food, listen to something that's going to energize your soul, nourish you inside. Because it's so important. Because then you kind of are getting a break and it doesn't feel like you're just always doing, doing, doing. So I very much believe in that. I think the more you can do it, you know, having a coffee and journaling or getting your early morning sunlight while having Mm -hmm. a coffee outside or getting the biggest bang for your buck in that sense, I think is a really positive thing. You know, doing some breath work in the sauna or while you're walking your baby in the pram in the forest or something like that. I think the more we can take those small moments and and recognize those moments. And at the end of the day, celebrate them because I still write out, you know, every day because I had to retrain my mind. When you've had depression a few times, those neural pathways become so ingrained. It's like a cornfield that someone's trodden down, right? It's so easy for the brain to slip into that that loop again. So you've really got to let the weeds grow up over that and forge a new path. And part of that for me, gratitude was a big, big part of that. And Mm -hmm. celebrating small wins at the end of the day, things that Mm -hmm. I did, nice moments I had, you know, the small pleasures in life are so meaningful at at that point.
1: I agree. We have. In the morning, we do a gratitude shower for everybody. Kingston, my little baby, can't do it yet, but we gratitude shower him too, always. And then in the end of the night, I have a crystal by my bed. It's it's a rounded crystal because sometimes I fall asleep literally with it on me and the baby's in bed with me too. So it's a round, like, you know, no sharp edges crystal. And I hold it and I just run through all the things that I'm grateful for in that day. And, and sometimes I, I literally fall asleep doing this, but it's just a way to book in my day in, with that higher vibe energy. So mm. I love, I love that you integrated that gratitude was such a big part of you, kind of culminating the day of like yes. what went right, what went, even when I had a crappy day, there were so many things that went right in the day.
0: So, I love that. And so there much. are in everyone's day, oh, right? Yeah. So, like now, when i older, we go around the table in the evening and we say, What are you grateful for today oh. at dinner? And it's so nice. And you hear about their day. And some days they're like, Oh, and there was this, and there was this, and there was this. And it's like, it's amazing. You can celebrate it together. I love so, that. Yeah.
1: Oh, I love the dinner table gratitude as well. I mean, Thanksgiving, US, it's, you know, we can do it every single night, which I think is such a powerful thing, you know, teaching children gratitude as well. And then the other thing that you were talking about was, was that I love the hack stacking. There's another thing. That I love, you know, that I just wanted to share too. I I call it pleasure stacking. And that is when we will, not as often as I used to be, girl, I'm not going to lie, but like I would, I hike and then meditate and then maybe sauna or go to the beach, like ma- doing all the things that I love. Oh, I like that. You know? Yeah. And so it's like a health pleasure stack of mm. like, just kind of like, that'll be like a Saturday morning or like a Sunday afternoon where it's like, uh, 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 just pl- stacking up all the yummy goodies that I love to do. Oh, like I love that. In a, in a two hour time or something like that. And so anyway, I just wanted to share, I love the, the hack stacking and and um, I wanted to just, the pleasure stacking is another way that we can do that. And then I want to get into, Angela, honey, um, your shift protocol um, specifically, because I know that's what we're talking about today for optimizing for higher performance without perfection and with a lot of ease and grace, because I know that it's so much about your message too.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And the shift protocol is essentially what I developed to really like build my own recovery and help other women put in place practices to optimize their health. Um, so I can talk you through it. The, the, the first is sleep because I believe it's the foundation of everything. I think it's so important for your health and it's the bit I ignored massively, right? As a lawyer, not through choice. We were just, that's how it was. We had to work all night to get deals through. And, you know, the crazy thing is when we were practicing, sometimes we'd even write into legal agreements. And this is at a very large law firm in London, that if there were grammatical errors, they could be corrected. So everybody knew that you were never performing at your best when you were underslept. But I think the health detriments are so profound. But also I think when you really try and nail your sleep, it makes everything else that you're gonna do easier. All these other practices are easier. And what I would say to people who aren't sleeping because they've got young children like yourself is don't focus so much on the length and obsess about it. Focus on the quality that you can get uh, and that rest. And sometimes, you know, when you wake up or a baby's woken you up, There's magic in those moments. I used to stay up beyond because those moments pass and when they're gone, you can't get them back, right? They are amazing and to be enjoyed when you're nursing that baby in the night and you're just like, they're the cutest thing in the world until they scream two hours later again. And you're like, what? I was definitely having that moment
1: last night where I was like, this is going to pass and this won't happen very long, much longer. And yeah, I had, it was a mind game because I was so tired. It was like four in the morning and I was, he was so cute, but I was like, ugh. You, will you finish? And then I was like, "This isn't going to last very
0: much longer." So yeah, that def- yeah, I know that it's moment. hard, isn't it? And you want to enjoy it, but yeah. I think so. Looking at your sleep and doing all the right practices, like you were saying, there, you know, like gratitude before bed, setting, booking, bookending your day, putting blue light blockers on. I know, like all the essential oils and things you use that can really help you drift off to sleep. But optimizing your sleep as much as you can, and if you can track it, like I use my Aura. Probably not when you've got a young baby because it's just going to freak you out. How much I you're have a strap that tells oh me <laughs> that that's like your oh sleep God.
1: was Thirty percent last night, yeah. or you know, your recovery must be like <laughs> yeah, twenty five percent.
0: But, <25%. laughs> but like, I with do whoop, appreciate never have a glass of wine. Oh my it gosh, absolutely- no, I don't drink.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but no, with whoop, I know my husband's like, oh, you just gotta have one. I'm like, I don't need it. I don't need it to tell me that my battery life is like down exactly. under fifty percent. But it is nice because those are the days where I know it is yoga, it is walking, yes. it is not the Peloton with Robin Arizona. It is not, you know what I'm saying? It's not the Peloton. With Hannah, Definitely. you know it's it's a different kind of day. So I do appreciate because so often you know this so well too, honey. We will override what we know our body is asking. You're, I'm just like you know what I ain't got time to listen to you today. Like I gotta go and do some things. But when you see that number, when you see that battery number, it's it's such validation of like. Oh yeah, that's exactly what my body was telling me that it is at thirty percent today. Not at not at eighty five. You know? And so I, I like the wearables. I like seeing a visual of when I check in. I'm like, oh no, that's yep, no, that wearable is a pretty much right. Like if I'm checking in, I'm probably running at 40% today versus there are days where I do get to run at 80% or 85%. I've never seen a 90% girl, I ain't gonna lie. But um, And I can really dictate how I operate in my day, what I've got to give based on that score. So whether it's an aura ring or it's a whoop strap or whatever, if if you know you're running at high level and you need to kind of get a better sense of yourself, I, I think that those can be so helpful.
0: Definitely, definitely. I couldn't agree more. If you're someone, like you're saying, who will just push and push and push, then this is objective data that's going to say to you, it's time to slow down. And sometimes you need that, right? I definitely do. I do too. So sleep is the first one, and then the next one is hormones your favorite topic. My favorite uh,
1: so topic. So
0: all hormones, because I think we are all hormones, right? Yeah, hormones we are. and neurotransmitters, I would say. So if you can master both of those, and that's everything. And sleep is also going to make that a lot easier. And I mean everything sex hormones, neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine, and it's kind of a bit in depth to get all into this and thyroid health and all of those things. But I think the next pillar is master your hormones, particularly as a woman, and start understanding that you do have this menstrual cycle, you know, also just postnatally prenatally during pregnancy there's different things and your body's changing and I feel like as women it's this crazy journey isn't it like you go through puberty then you get into your 20s and you think it might be plain sailing for a bit and less likely you get diagnosed with something like PCOS and endometriosis or you get fibroids and all these things and then you're kind of like prenatal then you're in pregnancy then you're postnatal then if you're crazy, you do it again and again and maybe again, like someone will do multiple times. And you just kind of come out of those kids and then it's like, hey, you're perimenopausal. And it's like, what? What (laughs) just happened (laughs) When does it all slow down? (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So it's kind of like a roller coaster for twenty years. So I think you have to pay attention to your hormones. So, mm-hmm. and I know you have tons of episodes on that. And then the next one is insights like the aura, the woot, but it's kind of tracking. So like lab work, at home re- wearables, blood sugar monitors, you know things like the Lumen device. Basically, using what you can to really understand your metabolism and develop metabolic flexibility. I think that's so so key for longevity, for your energy, for your health, for everything, and for your productivity and then fuel is the f and i break it down into i use the acronym flow because i think it's not just about how we fuel our body with food but it's food like oxygen and water so understanding like light is bioactive in humans so we need to get outside just like we take our babies in our prams for a walk we want to get outside sunrise and sunset perfect time you know in the winter i use things and i mean i use them all year round but things like infrared sauna red light therapy devices you there are biohacks for everything but there's no substitute for being outside if you can mm-hmm. And obviously getting, you know, like some UV light for vitamin D and things. And then just breath work. That was the thing that really helped me. You know, when we were talking earlier about what were the key things that really helped me get back on track, actually just learning to breathe has been transformational. Because again, that's another kind of type A thing, isn't it? We're like shoulders up here, go, go, go. Shallow breathing and just understanding that we want that ideal exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide into our tissues. It's not just our blood oxygen levels. And then hydration, like hydrating like properly with water, with minerals but also hydrating foods you know all those lovely foods like when you put chia seeds and you soak them. They create easy water. That's like charged water for your cells, cucumbers, watermelon, things like that. And then the last one is the tea and that's train your body and mind because obviously the mind was the bit that I had really neglected and I think is so key. So it's like physical training and really minimum effective dose, I think is where I'd go with that. I personally like to exercise in some form or another every single day just because it helps my mind become aligned. I find it's, it's the best way to keep on top of mood. But I think understanding that you can't just exercise with the same intensity every day. Mm. Um, So that's really kind of the shift in a nutshell. Mm,
1: I love it. And I love that you were able to get through those so efficiently.
0: i I'm so You can tell I've done it before.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, I can tell. I, I love it. I And I totally 100% agree with all of it. And I'd love to spend a little bit, and I love the fuel part, the food, the light therapy, the breath work, the hydration, especially because breath work helps to improve vagal tone, which is so important. If if we're looking at a constant overactivation of the stress response system, that's going to be a game change for so, so many of us. And then I'd love to go into tea a little bit more, training your body and mind for optimization. And and so I know train in terms of mo- movement, moving your body and really yeah. kind of determining what that may be, depending on the day, like you said, whether it's yoga, whether it is walking or hiking or m- dancing, or it's, it's actually weight training. You know, you and I know talking about wearables, talking about um, metabolic flexibility and muscle mass. And, you know, as women get older, the big concern. So I'm a big fan of weight of weight training for women in particular. Mm, me too you know, there's a time and place. Like today I got, I weight trained for 15 minutes because I knew I was running low on the battery today. So I was like, let me just get 15 minutes in. And then, and that was the thing I chose to do. But let's talk a little bit about training your mind. If there's anything you want to add about training your body too, I'd so love to hear that.
0: Yeah. on training your body, I, I agree with you. I think strength training is so, so important. Like you've got to keep that muscle mass. I think a lot of times when people say, oh, I've got This is a really common one I see, I don't know about you, is women will say, I can't lose the belly fat. I just can't shift it no matter what I do. I keep going out for like runs and I keep jumping on the peloton and the belly fat won't go. And it's because really you're using cardio as a trigger. And I think if people could understand that we need to create more stimulus, right? So too often, because we want that effectively that runner's high, we're acting in that way, that kind of zone three, upper end of zone three, if we're looking at heart rate into a little bit of zone four training. And it's almost like black hole training because it's not enough stimulus to get a really, really good result, but it's not enough to say be just burning fat and in a parasympathetic state. And so I really like to encourage people to think about how can I go out for hikes and walks and listen to podcasts and really connect with nature and enjoy it? And then how can I push myself hard? So how can I strength train and create a really strong stimulus? How can I do high intensity or super maximal training, but in a very, very short space of time so we're not raising cortisol and overstressing the body and then refueling? I think what I see so commonly with women, particularly with type A women like ourselves, is that they want to fast for like 18 hours a day. They want to do HIIT club says jump in a cold shower or a cold bath. And there's just too many stressors for our female physiology. And it just, we're not men. And a lot of these studies have been done on sedentary overweight men. And so just understanding those biological differences, I think is really important. And that, as you know, becomes even more important in perimenopause and menopause because when we start to lose estrogen, which actually triggers muscle protein synthesis a bit more, we don't have that stimulus. And so we need to lift heavy and you're not going to get big. I promise you, you're not going to get big. uh, No, you're not. Because we just don't, we're not built that way.
1: No, we're not. And you're right. Absolutely that much hormetic stress, you know, for, especially if you're still cycling or in perimenopause can really, again, it's just too much stress on the system. And so it, I agree with you 100%. If we're going to be, like I said, wait, like for me, no more, I can't do any more than 30 minutes. You know, I know my body, I know my, what I'm capable of. So I usually, the max I'll do is 30 minutes of strength training and with heavy weights. But I also know, and I also do it in the morning because I'll tell you what, anything after 3 p.m., uh-uh.
0: That's the same, me. the same as me. the same. It's not going to happen. Just, That's the thing. I don't care what the circadian clock says that, you know, your best time is meant to be between three and five. It's like, it's never going to happen because I've lost the mood, the desire, everything. Cause I'm such an early morning person. Mm-hmm, so absolutely. yeah, I'm the same. Uh, that's the other thing I look a lot with is like genetics and I think if people can understand like the 5am club may not be for you if you're not an early morning lark but then if you are really early morning type then embrace it right because you're productive you're energized you can get going you can get loads of stuff done before the world is up and actually have peace and enjoy that morning so I'd say really just I think bioindividuality is the biggest thing my message really is is take these general principles but then adapt them to you and the way your body works
1: absolutely and really spend the time to learn how your body is operating and if you're struggling with that that's what i love about the some of the wearables out there is it'll give you cues as to what you may have been ignoring for decades you know you just weren't listening at all and for the sake of i'm the common denominator i've got all the obligations i'm the one handling all the business but at the end of the day like we've just got to know our bodies and so I know my body very, very, very well. Wearables definitely help as well, but I just, there's just non-negotiables, you know, that things that I just, I I cannot do. Um, And I just know that at this point, it's not going to serve me as much as it may be efficient. I can get more things done. It just, at the end, it's just not going to serve. And so I think the more that we can understand and be attuned to our body, the better. Probably one of the things I struggle the most with is really knowing what And I love that I know this, but knowing what foods light me up that, that, that spike my blood sugar that I still, I still love. Like what would, could be considered healthy foods? Like sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes are like, Ooh, I might as well just Did drink a milkshake. You? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might as well be a milkshake. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so those are the things where I'm like, oh, It's like gosh, bananas make your
0: blood sugar go bananas, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. I wish I wouldn't have known. Part of me wishes I didn't no. know. But it's it's, again, these are the things that I think are so important. Like you just, the more that you know about your body, the more that you can really tailor and curate something that's going to work best for you.
0: Definitely, definitely. And also on the blood sugar as well, understanding the impact that stress has is such a massive, massive driver of high blood sugar. And you can really turn that around very quickly. I've t- tested it, you know, with like a CGM on and done a gratitude practice like we were talking about or a short meditation. And my fasting glucose, say you've been up all night, you know, with the kids, you've been disturbed and you haven't slept well, your blood sugar's higher. And then you do some of those practices and actually it comes back down again. Like it's so important. It's that whole mind-body connection, I like was saying.
1: Absolutely. Well, yeah. And you think about, we know that cortisol is going up during the morning too with the cortisol awakening response. Um, however, you haven't had sleep, it's already going to be at a higher level. Most likely you run into your day, it's just going to stay elevated. Like it's, and it's going to drive insulin resistance. And so if you can have those practices in the morning, although again, you're naturally elevated with cortisol, but you can really simmer down that excess cortisol output by having those practices. And you will see it on the CGM because you will see it. It it has an impact on insulin, it has an impact on blood sugar. Like that's real time data that you can take to the bank.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's so powerful to do it. Which one are you using? Is it um, levels or? NutriSense? I'm using Nutri-Sense levels. Yeah, right levels, now. Yeah. yeah.
1: What I would love before we get into the gift that you have for us, I have a couple of quick fire questions. Are you down? Okay. I'm down. <laughs> okay. I, I don't do them with every guest, but I just feel so called to, to do these with you today. Only did you want to do
0: the mind piece quickly or do you want to leave it? Oh, oh did, yes, did wanna, I do want to do you. the mind piece. I know you wanted
1: to do the mind. I do. I do. Should we do that
0: quickly? Yes. That was the biggest part for me. So I wanna, cause I, for anyone that's listening and thinking, well, how she done all this? How'd you get over depression? If you're thinking I'm, you know, I'm being prescribed medication, maybe you didn't want to take it. I was there. So I was on really strong bipolar medication, taking like a combination of antidepressants and antipsychotics. I was told I would be on it for life and never come off. And I'm not advocating anyone to to do that necessarily. What I'm saying is when you start to really embrace the things we're talking about, like gratitude, journaling, meditation, yoga, and connect with you inside you and start to show more self-love and compassion, you can find a way through you can find a way through. And I think just be really patient with yourself if you're experiencing that. Because I just know so many women struggle with depression, whether it's postnatal or otherwise. And I think that was the hardest thing for me because I had this secret battle that I couldn't tell anyone. I just didn't want anyone to know. You know, people used to I used to, they, I used to ignore people on the school run because I thought if I say hello, I'm just going to burst into tears. And they would think I was rude, but it was that I just didn't actually feel like I could engage with anyone. I remember a therapist saying to me, you just need to do less. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, I've gone from running multi-billion dollar deals to just getting my kids to school and you're telling me I need to do less. You know, I felt like a shadow of my former self and I had to start from ground zero and build back up. And so what I say is anyone who's struggling with the mind piece just know that there is help out there. And if you can get it and really, really focus and be compassionate and develop that self love, that is going to be help you through and just be patient.
1: Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for reminding me because I completely forgot
0: no, we're talking well. about that. <laughs>
1: I will be straight up honest with you. It's powerful because so many of us are, I mean, honestly, if you look at it all, you know, in all the conversation that we're having today, Angela, honey, it's all, it's all the mind piece. It's your mind, you know, it's your mind that, you know, one of my favorite affirmations that I've been saying recently is nothing is wrong. Nothing is wrong. Nothing is wrong. Because so much is not wrong. But man, girl, I could go into, oh, my God, co- well, but my tea isn't hot enough. Oh, but, you know, oh, that puree isn't just right. Or you know what I'm saying? Like, you could just start yeah. to, like, tizzy yourself into everything is wrong.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's just a can. little cold
1: outside. I well, I shouldn't have, I should have brought my sweater. Like, all of a sudden, you you can take yourself out of that perfectly happy spot with, oh, but, you know, if, we can, if something could just shift here, <laughs> then you're back in that place of something's wrong. It's so easy, right? Because yeah, we're oh wired gosh. for negativity. We're so wired for it. So
0: wired. You know what I love is... um I heard that someone say, like, if you change that, I've got to. You know how you can go, oh, my God, I've got to go and get the kids' food. I've got to go and visit, you know, my in-laws. in-laws. Or I've got to do this. If you change, <laughs> I've got to go to that spin class. If you change it to, I get to. It's so different, right? It just changes it, doesn't it? I get to work out. Like, because I'm healthy, I get to work out. This is amazing. I have legs. I have arms. Exactly. My body will... moves. You know, it's working for me.
1: You know, this chair is, is here, it's allowing me to sit you know what I'm yeah. saying? And so, yeah, it's just a reframe, but it's, it is like you talked about the cornfields, re-having to let it grow out and, and replow new neural pathways. But yeah, when we look at all of it, you know, we are our hormones, as you mentioned earlier, but really what's driving so much of that are what's going on in our mind, what's going on in our brain and, and how we operate in the world. And, the, and then what are those core beliefs that are driving those operations, you yes, know? exactly. The, yeah at the end of the day. And so, and I just love that the call out, the shout out of anyone who's struggling with the, the constant worry, the constant mental chatter, the constant mood swings, the the anxiety, the fear, whatever that is, it's a lot of work to move out of it, but it, it's possible. And it's daily
0: practice. It's daily practice. Yeah, it's daily practice. And understand that when things go on in your life, they might derail you for a little bit, and that's okay, but go back to your practices. Because if you can develop a set of practices, that's what's allowed me to stay through it, if you like. But I'm ready for your quick five. Oh, yes. You may be a little yes, nervous yes, yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first one. It's just
1: five. First one, what is the one thing you are deeply grateful for right now? My family. Oh.
0: My family. Love yeah. that so much. Oh.
1: What was something you've done that made you extremely happy in the last week?
0: going for a walk with my dogs in the
1: morning. Oh, love it, love it, love it. What's one thing about you that surprises people?
0: Hmm. That surprises people? Mhm. I don't know actually. That's a really good question. What does surprise people? Oh, I know what it is. This will be funny. Most people <laughs> This is this is a crazy one. Is they're surprised when they hear, this is in England, only the people in England are going to listen to this, is I come from a place in England called Essex, where they usually have really strong accents. And people say to me, I really didn't hear that. I didn't know you were from there." And I'm like, yeah, Essex girl through and through. So oh, I love that would that. be it. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Okay. So what book or film has recently had a big impact on you and why?
0: Ah, Manifesting by Roxy Nafuso. I love it. I think it's a really modern guide where it just puts things like The Four Agreements, Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, and um, Think and Grow Rich, and all these books, and just pulls the threads together.
1: Nice. Great book. Wonderful. Yeah, really I'm going to go book. check it out. Um, knowing I'm, I'm going to get it on Audible. I, I, really I read good. all of those books. I'd love to see the common thread for sure. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self?
0: Uh, to follow your dreams, right? So I, th- I think part of me becoming a lawyer was because I felt that was the thing I should have done. And I wish that I had thought about medicine and it was kind of law or medicine. And I think there was an inner thing in me to help and to serve people. And that's part of my frustration when I was a lawyer and ended up with depression. I wish I'd followed my heart to serve in the first place. And so, yeah, just follow your dreams because you'll be successful at whatever you do if you love it.
1: Mm, I love that so much. Angela, honey, it's been such a pleasure. And I know you are, you've got an incredible female biohacker collective membership where we get like the, the nitty gritty of all of the shift protocol. Tell me a little bit about this.
0: Yes. So this is actually uh, a new membership that I'm launching because people are asking, how can we kind of get access to masterclasses on a regular basis when they've done my programs? They're like, what do I do now? Uh, And so, yes, the Female Biohacker Collective is your kind of one place to come with a biohacking book club. It's got masterclasses, Q&As with me and live access and challenges every single month where you can kind of optimize your health with fellow biohackers. So really nice group of women.
1: Love it, love it. Well, I just want to say it was, it's been such a pleasure. I'm so glad you allowed me to just get really into the nitty gritty with you today. I know you had you know, just in your own journey, so many treasures of how you've overcome some just really big adversities. So I just want to say thank you for your brilliance. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So maybe after hearing my conversation with Angela just now, you may be thinking that hormones and chronic issues can't be fixed so easily. Just with food, deep restful sleep, being in nature and reducing stress, huh? But I promise those are the foundational pieces that we all need to thrive. You've gotta have that foundation in place when it comes to a starting point, right? And that starting point for me and for so many women is food. Food is everything, and specifically, hormone-loving foods. Now, as I listened to Angela share her story on reversing endometriosis, it didn't surprise me at all regarding her journey because so much of what she did to heal her body felt so similar to my journey as well. As I eliminated the big inflammatory players in my diet for several weeks and removed things that just didn't serve me, all the stress, all the overwhelm, I really started to notice how my energy came back with a vengeance, and it just felt like I had my life back. I remember crying tears of relief that I cracked the code to my illness, that I was on the road to healing. And I want that so much for you too, right? Having that defining moment of like, oh my gosh, I've got this. I'm on the right path is one of the best feelings you can ever experience. So whether it's an autoimmune condition or stubborn belly fat, or you think that There's just not much you can do because you are past menopause. Well, I want you to know that it doesn't need to be complicated. Focusing on healing foods and reducing stress is really the first step and will always be, right? If we can just dial in our food and our nutrition, reduce that stress, get some sunshine, make sure that we've got the right nutrients, man, our body is gonna be in a whole different place. And so that's why I'm excited to share Angela's Female Biohacking Collective membership with you today. I know she had a chance to connect with you about it, but these are the strategies that she used to heal her body and that she is using with women all around the world. So I'm going to have a link to her amazing collective and community in the show notes for this episode. And along with that will be my free liver loving superfood guide with some super yummy recipes like my raspberry chocolate shake my glowing detox smoothie and my liver love tonic right if you are looking for some life-giving foods that are going to just really nourish your body sell the soul this is it so head on over to the show notes grab your gift check out angela's amazing biohacking collective and as always Thank you so much for listening in on the Essentially You podcast. The show is all about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. Now, if there's someone in your life that needs to hear this today, then you just hear that that message of hope that there is absolutely a path towards getting back to feeling the way that you felt, to having a body that is healing. Take a moment, screenshot this episode, and shoot a text message over to them, right? I know you're thinking about your aunt or your mama or your best friend right now. I know there's a couple people who need to hear this episode for sure in my life. That way, we continue to spread the word about hormone literacy, serve women at just a beautiful place, and if you do share it on social, hashtag hormone CEO. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.